Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tee to Green Golf Podcast. Excited to be with you again for yet another episode. Today's episode is certainly to be one that you'll want to not only listen to once, but maybe twice and beyond. Not only are we going to talk about the evolution of golf as it relates to diversity in the sport, but we will get to a point of history in the game and how our guest today is not only aware of the moment in the past, but has certainly played an important role in the present and ultimately the future. So really, really excited about this episode, the conversation that will start shortly. And before we go any further, just want to say welcome to the TD Green Golf Podcast. We have Coach Leonard Smoot. Coach Smoot is a head golf coach at Miles College, which is in Fairfield, Alabama. I won't take any more of his shine. And so without further ado, I'm going to turn the mic over and welcome Coach Leonard Smoot to the TD Green Golf Podcast. Coach, welcome. Welcome. Well, thank you, uh, Victor. It's a pleasure to be here. Excited. It was exciting to have you reach out to me. And uh, uh, it was interesting. I'd like to thank uh, Shella for connecting us. And uh, I look forward to this con- this conversation and and where it made the path and where it may lead us down. Absolutely. And for uh, for you and I, this is actually an extension to a number of conversations that we've had already to date, both on the telephone and and text message. So this is especially important for me in that some of what we talked about will really be a part of this episode for the Tita Green Golf Podcast listeners. But before we go too deep into it, tell us about yourself. I know that you're a Midwesterner. I know that we're Marine. And so you before you get too further into that, um, I personally want to say thank you for your service and the freedoms that that service provided not only myself, uh, but many of our listeners today. Absolutely. Well, uh, first of all, I appreciate your service, you know, and uh, we, got, you. we got that connection, me and Marines, you know, you know what that connection is all about. They can go open acre. Uh, so we know what teamwork is about. We know what camaraderie is about. We know about all those things. Um, and that's something that I brought, um, brought here to Miles College, um, uh, which is an interesting story. Uh, um, I'll tell you a little bit about me first. I'm, I'm originally from Flint, Michigan, grew up in, in Flint. Um, <clears throat> decided to go into the Marine Corps. Uh, uncle tried to get me into the game early. And I was a baseball player. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, what, what's this thing called golf? Uh, not realizing that one day I'll be playing it, not realizing that I'll be coaching because I was a Marine. Right. So my entire life built around being in the military. I was one day I was out there and saw my bosses playing the game, and I'm like, I'm stuck in the office, just like yeah, I mean, most folks. They see their uh, um, counterparts going out, leaving the office on a Friday. I was sitting in the in the office, and my bosses headed out on Friday, not knowing that they were not headed to the bar, but they were headed to the golf course. <laughs> right. Uh, and I was still stuck, you know, still stuck in the office. So, you know, kind of a Above, just kind of like if you used to flick on a switch on a light uh, light bulb, the light came on, and then maybe I need to take up the sport. I quickly went to the to the to the store, bought a golf digest uh, with Nick Fowler was on. Happened to be on the front of that golf digest. They're talking about the arc of the golf swing, um, and I started teaching myself the game um, from there. Uh, 
through that whole entire process, I was able to get good enough to make the Marine Corps golf team uh, in 2002. Um, so my entire golf, you know, Marine Corps and golf career, I guess, kind of came to full fruition when at the point when I got to the point where I was uh, ready to retire and, and leave the Marine Corps. I didn't know what I was going to do after serving my country for 24 years of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, always wanted to be involved in golf after, you know, after I left the military. And so once I got, once I retired, got in the insurance business, um, played golf, sister talked me, lived, she lives here in Birmingham, talked me into moving to Birmingham, Alabama, got into the golf and, you know, insurance industry, uh, played golf. Folks got to know me around here for my golf. Um, then my sister said, why don't you go meet with the president at Miles College? And tell them how prestigious golf could be at his institution. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Let's make it happen. So, uh, went, came here to Miles College, talked to the president at the time, and him and I spoke, and nothing really kind of flourished at that point. It kind of just went away. I was like, well, I'm gonna just go back to college. So I decided to go back to college and finish up two years in my college, and then probably you know more than ninety days after I finished college college and I got a call out of the blue so maybe God had you know had lined it had it all lined up for me to make sure that all the things in place that I needed to have yeah Um, absolutely you know know, absolutely I think the the nuggets that you definitely talked about are areas that we'll talk about as we get further into into our conversation so it sounds like early on um, golf as a sport was introduced to you when you were still in Flint, but the mm-hmm. bug didn't bite until you were in Tokyo or in, in, uh, in the, in the Marines. And I think it was Japan, right? I was in, um, I was initially in Camp Pendleton, California. There okay. So you were, Coastal, okay. California. Um, and then then from there, it kind of, when I left California, I ended up going to Okinawa, Japan, where okay. I stayed at that time. And then that's kind of when it really, really started taking off and me kind of really, really diving into it. Perfect. Wonderful. And judging from, again, our conversations, my own research, you know, your experience as a Marine seems to have been at a crucial point between you and the sport, why was that moment in time so important for you and what resonated? What was it about the relationships or what you were seeing um, as a Marine and and your bosses who were playing that really thrusted you forward to exploring the game? Well, um, I think most mostly is because it, it cultivated relationships. Mm. Um, I, those relationships, as you know, being a Marine, you know, we, you know, we got, we got, you may have a private, uh, private first class right on up to the general, but those relationships, um, you know, was cultivated by the fact that my bosses played the game and I was able to get out on the golf, golf course and was able to be good enough to play with them at times. And then even having the general say, Hey, some need to come over here and you know, go out and play golf with us. So right. it, it, 
it enhanced my career. Uh, from an enlisted, I went from an enlisted um, being a staff sergeant to applying for the uh, Warrant Officer Program, where I was selected out of twenty about twenty eight hundred applicants. Uh, Two hundred thirty eight were um, selected in the year that I that I pent on was selected for Warrant Officer. So those relationships, I like to think that because I play golf. Uh, it allowed me to form relationships that I probably would have not had had I not played the game. Yeah, and I think that's critical. You know, certainly those of us that play understand the value of relationships um, as as a byproduct of playing golf. But it it there is also an opportunity to engage in golf, really on a front end sort of approach knowing that that experience can not only help and enhance you personally, but it can mm-hmm. help and enhance you professionally. So Absolutely. in many ways, it's a proactive step instead of a reactive step when you think about the life journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really, really important point. And so as we release this episode to the T-Degree and Golf podcast community, there are times in each episode where I really ask for kind of a, a thumbtack moment with uh, with our guest. And I think this episode early on, that is a thumbtack moment that Coach has shared with us um, how golf should be considered a proactive approach to life journey, life enhancement, rather than a reactive one. So coach, we thank you for that. We definitely thank you for that. You know, I've kind of formatted this into kind of three parts because my conversation with you has really been enlightening. And and like you said, um, this certainly won't be a one-off experience for, for you and I. But the next piece is what you've touched on also. It's this whole idea that in 2011, 2012, 2013, um, Miles College either didn't have a golf program, wasn't considering a golf program, and then considered a golf program. How did this come about? You know what? I I think for me, I think it's, you know, I'm obviously a Christian, right? I'm a believer. Mm, I mean, I think a lot of that, Kind of my steps were ordered in a way. Okay. Um, because I look when I look back on the how I tr- transition transition into this game, mm-hmm. it it was just like a again a switch came on. Say, hey, this is what I need you to do. Right. Um, and so through that journey, and then my sister uh, at the time, who was the county commissioner here in, in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Uh, for Jefferson County was the county commission. You need to come to Alabama. I was living in Japan. You need to come to Alabama. Da, 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 da. And so I, you know, when, when I retired, I then kind of moved and came back, went back home, visited my mom, ended up in Birmingham, Alabama. Wasn't planning on staying in Birmingham, Alabama. I, my daughter was in Las Vegas. My best friend was in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. I was like, okay, well, she convinced me to come here. I stayed here, never looked back. Um, I actually met my wife here. Okay. Uh, so, so the golf thing just kind of 
aligned, aligned itself, right? And then you come at the time, uh, uh, Dr. George T. French was the president here at Miles College. He, he picked up, a, a, like I said, a phone call, came out of the blue, boom, here I am. And ever since then, it's just like my steps have been ordered. I had okay. kind of, I kind of pray, even prayed about just being maybe a high school coach. I never thought about co- college. Yeah, I said maybe one day I'll get there, but I wasn't thinking my that wasn't my thing. But he had a different plan for me, right? So I I just took that once I was asked to start the program. I'm like, okay, where do we start? Right? I'm like, yep. at that point, I was I'm a, I was all in because it was it was my passion. It was something I loved. It was something I knew I wanted to do. Um, so it just kind of happened, you know, by fate. I guess that's kind of faith, kind of way I can best put it, uh, describe it. Um, I think the exciting thing about that is when you talk about being a believer, which I am as well, and when you talk about aligning yourself with uh, the ordainment of your footsteps from, from God in this case, clearly it has worked out in your favor and that of the kids. And again, we'll, we'll, get further into that in in a moment. But one of the things that I wanted to present to you as part of this conversation is, you know, we have a really unique audience and, and certainly you know that this game of golf and its footprint into diverse underrepresented communities is expanding and continues to expand. And in many respects, uh, the sports survival, at least in this country, is going to be at the hands of those communities of color and their ability to sustain playing the sport. And so given the unique audience that the TD Green Golf community um, is, it's a community whose children may not be targeting golf as their first choice sport. And so understanding that, what advice would you offer our listeners to start the golf journey of their children? First of all, I think, you know, when you look at this, when you look at this great game of golf, mm-hmm. uh, I think most of us would probably say we just now getting into the game, but that's not true. We've been playing this game, this game since the early 1800s. Mm-hmm. Not, only, not only men, but also uh, women of color, mm-hmm. black, black women have been playing this game since the early 1800s. So this game is new to us. We think it's new to us, but it's not. Right. Um, the, the the one thing I would tell parents, uh, you know, obviously golf top golf is a great way to segue their kids into inter- is an entertaining family fun, all this kind of stuff, right? I think golf top golf can kind of be a great way to introduce your kids to to the game. Yeah. Um, right. So, um, what I would I continue to tell them: this is a sport that you you as a family can continue to play. You get out, you can spend hours with your children out on the golf course, um, uh, having conversations, um, building relationships. A lot of us has been, you know, I'm a parent and I knew during the time when I was in the Marine Corps, it was work, work, work. You know, mm-hmm. you don't get that time to spend with your children. This is mm-hmm. a great our community to spend time with their kids and, and get to know what, what they actually got going on, you know. Um, right. And 
and create more open dialogue, particularly in our community, you know, so. And I love that recommendation, you know, given the concerns around the sport and it's, and it's access from a price standpoint, I think the top golf is the perfect point of entry for all communities of color. Um, it is a great experience and it certainly is a reasonable expense for beginning the process of hitting the ball and doing it in an environment that is not judgmental and having fun while you're doing that. So I love that. I love that recommendation. Uh, I do think that's another thumbtack moment for our listeners that are looking to get your children, your nieces, nephews, um, the neighbor uh, next door who may not have a male or female role model, um, but is looking to do more. Top golf is certainly, certainly an opportunity to leverage and to, uh, to introduce them to a sport that will change the arc of their life. You know, one other, one other point I'd like to make as well, you know, you obviously got first tee programs out there, but we got a lot of our uh, uh, program out there in our own communities that are doing great, great work. Um, um, and, and, uh, there's people of color that look like you and I right. that are doing uh, uh, extraordinary things out there with our kids. Um, so I would seek out and see if you could find even some of those programs in your, in your state, in your city, um, that are out there. Um, so that, that, you know, the first team is not the, the catch all because we have our communities, uh, people of color that they have their own standing programs as well. So I would encourage them to seek them out as well. Perfect. 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 Coach, as a, as a coach, uh, player exposure is critical. Are there unique strategies today that help you recruit? Also, how can golfers from underrepresented communities gain exposure to the many institutions with golf programs? That first question would be, you know, for me as a coach, I'm honest. I'm going to be open, honest with, with the recruits that I recruit. I'm going to make sure that they have all the necessary tools in place to be affected, whether it's playing for Miles College or another institution. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the key point to that, that one question right there is to be open, be honest, be direct. Mm-hmm. Um, give them um, avenues to seek out um Playing tournaments, you know, if you're mm-hmm. up rising um, junior, that's you the playing tournaments. They be seen by uh, they be seen by coaches and college coaches. Um, you know, also um, make sure that you reach out to the schools that you want to attend. I like that. Right, develop a resume. Send your resume to to a coach um, that you want. Pick up the phone. Uh, nothing says that they won't. They may or may not answer. Um, pick up the phone. Call that coach and have a conversation. So, you know, I as a coach start at least like two years out. Okay. Look, looking at individuals that I'm interested. I start to build a relationship with that that uh, that student athlete. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't start that process six months out. Um, 
because I want to, I want them to get to know me as a coach. I get to know them as a player, and then we form a relationship. Then I, then I get it. I go out and then start talking to the parents to kind of make sure that you know, do we all match up as as a unit? Because we both are investing in their, you know, they're investing in their child. I'm an invest. I'm investing in a student athlete. But the ultimate goal is is the partnership and making sure that these these um, uh, young men and women. I have only a men's team, but you know, men and women are coming here to college to get a four year degree. So when they turn around and walk back, walk back out into the real world, that they're prepared, right? Yeah. Golf added bonus for you to be able to go to college, also be able to compete in a sport. Yep. So that's kind of right. I do. Uh, I think that may have answered the first question. The second question was, um, could you repeat that second question? I, absolutely. Absolutely. Coach. How can golfers from underrepresented communities gain exposure to the many institutions with golf programs? And, and some of that you may have already answered, but yeah. certainly if uh, if there's more, then then um, tag on to that. Uh, yeah, I mean you might even you may even find a recruiting site um, out there. Um, right, right. Uh, I know I talked to uh, Darren Hall. I talked to him um, about playgolf.net. You know that's another site. Uh, it's it's black on it's a black owned recruiting site that he's working to. Um, develop resume opportunities for you know, kids in our community. Um, so that that's another platform that's out here. Perfect. So I think we want to again note the playgolf.net and some of the nuggets that coaches provided. And listen, this is a kind of a free commercial for coach. Um, you know, I would encourage the listeners, especially if you've got a child that's looking to do this going forward, uh, a man of integrity. Uh, a man who values relationships. He certainly has spoken to his commitment to his faith. And one of the things that we'll transition into is he's highly successful. Uh, Miles College is a historically black college and university um, in the Birmingham, Alabama area. You know, coach, one of the things that has been amazingly noted is your success as not only um, SIAC Coach of the Year, but also a D2 national title. And so in in our conversations that we've had, you've consistently celebrated your players. And one of the things that stood out to me the most, um, and we share this as a professional, you're certainly a coach. I'm a professional HR executive. Um, you, We talk about intentionality of ensuring that your team in particular is an ethnically diverse team. Talk about your commitment to that, the value of it, and maybe some of the successes that have come from that. Because I know how passionate and intentional you are about that from our conversations offline. I'm very intentional about what I do, what my program, what it looks like, what my platform is about. Um, when, when we talk about when we talk about winning, yeah. um, winning is not necessarily trophies, right? Right. Right. It's not. It's, everybody wants to find a, a win by by a trophy, 
But me and you, you and I both know I've had trophies throughout my childhood, throughout my right. adult life. Where are those trophies today? Probably came, you probably don't even know where they are. You either <laughs> trash, right? You either forgot about them, you either left them when you transferred to right. your next uh, duty station or your next op- um, job opportunity and got rid of all what you considered that then to be trash right, or right. stuff or stuff that was not of use. Well, for me, uh, winning is defined by by the people that I bring into my life, these young men that I bring into my life, whether it's black or white, mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter. Um, when I bring, when you, when you come to play for me, uh, we are family. Mm-hmm. And in a world today where um, our future are them, our, our kids, whether, you, whether mm-hmm. they're black, you know, they're, playing, they're playing for you, whether you're white, they're playing for you. If I got white, Student athletes come play. They got to learn a little bit about African American mm-hmm. uh, history, right? They got to mm-hmm. learn. That's a man. That's a man. That's a mandatory requirement in most colleges, right? HBCU, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're dealing with that today, where you know, folks don't want uh, others that don't look like you and I to know the history. Right. You, the, we are part of that history, right? Right. So, correct. Correct. Uh, so it is important to me that I bring bring black and white uh, athletes together on my team. Um, I'm here in the state of Alabama. Right? Yep. I was, and I've had players that don't look like me, you know, talk on, on on local news and talk about how he's been like a second father to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the guys that don't look like me that have called me and say, coach, I love you. Hey, uh, and 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 uh, these guys over the 10 years that I've had this program, they still talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Their weddings and been invited to their weddings, been invited to, um, uh, you know, to their um, bachelor parties, things. So they build this bond with each other through a common thing called golf, right? Mm-hmm. right? So... <laughs> You know, so I'm very intentional when I do that because you and I both know uh, we've been in the military, been Marines. We've had to fight alongside Marines that didn't look like us, work with Marines that didn't look like us. So we've come to know that, you know, how to function in a world that had diversity. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, you know, I just, I, I just, I just believe that that's how I can help change the world one person at a time. I can't change the world. I ain't trying to change the world. I'm just trying to change one person thinking on how you view, you know, how you view me as an individual, how you view me as a, a black individual, and how do you what's what's the common thread between between us? You, you know, if you grew up over here in this community or you grew up what's the common what's the common bond between you guys? That makes sense. And then from there, then we can kind of, we can move to the next step. Yeah. And I think that's such a, it's such an important point. Um, You know, for the five years that I've lived in the South and I've traveled to just about every state that surrounds the state of Georgia. um, And when I sit down with people that don't look like me, I, I talk about my mat, my, my life mantra right now is about building community. 
And, and I talk about us getting to a point where we watch less TV and we get back to the days of sitting at the table or sitting at the porch, which were images that uh, I have from my grandparents um, and then and then and then people that were of their generation. And I had the opportunity to to, to keep those images. It, it was it was people who visually were dissimilar, but somehow found similarity through common purpose. And that common purpose manifested itself just in conversation. Uh, and so I've had a, you know, I've had amazing conversations in Starkville, Mississippi. I've had amazing conversations um, in Bessemer, Alabama with my daughter. Uh, I've had amazing conversations with people. And I talk about the value of building community And to your point, coach, in order for there to be a better tomorrow, it's going to take all of us similar and dissimilar, finding those common purposes. Um, Sport sport has often been that. And and it is evident that you have not lost the value of making sure that not only do you have good character student-athletes, but you're being very intentional about setting them up for success, not just on the playing field, but in life. And so I, I, I completely tip my hat and applaud you for that. And, you know, again, in our conversations, we, I think we, we dove deeper and deeper into that point because it, it's something that resonates with both of us. Coach, when I think about, when I think about again, and I talked a little bit about your conference success in your national success, when you have these young men come into the program, and let's say it's August of an academic year, um, are there three or four key elements that you use as building blocks, muscle memory building blocks, to build consistent success over the over the time of your tenure, right? Essentially saying these three things are what Miles College Men's Golf stands for, and we're going to be good at them, and then we'll consider anything else. Uh, there's one thing that I that I talk about frequently with my players, and it, it started with my very first team call. It's called PMA. Okay. PMA, the positive mental attitude. Mm-hmm. That's regardless of whether you're on the golf course or whether you're in your prof- professional setting or in the classroom. Uh, my positive mental attitude will allow you to be successful, will help you translate how to communicate uh, in the world. Um, there's what I do, grade point averages are a big thing. Uh, I, I don't settle for failure, you know, um, <laughs> they may fail. Uh, but the thing is, I set an expectation for them to reach. And for them to strive for, you know, to strive for excellence. And yep. if you strive for excellence, that you know, excellence it, it, it may be different for every person because you know everybody's on a different playing field, right? Everybody uh, is, may not be as smart as my sister, for example. I'm not, right. um, but uh, or my wife. Um, but. The fact is you set an expectation and by setting that expectation, you give them a goal to reach. Well, I don't 
let them not fall from that. You know, I'm, they'll tell you, I'm hard on them when it comes to the academic side. I'm hard on them in how you represent your family name and how you, your family name, you can't get that back. Right. Um, um, money won't pay. You can't make enough money to get your name back and you mess it up. Right. Right. So we talk a lot about that. We talk about the character of the individual on the golf course, how you handle yourself on a golf course. I said, you all, I tell them, no matter where you are, and you know this as a Marine, you're a Marine for 20, you're Marine 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You never took off your uniform, even in the midst of being not on the base. Well, guess what? You're a, you're a representative, golf representative of Miles College, but right. you're more importantly a representative of your family every right. day, 24-7. Right. So we talk about things like that. And so your character on the golf, golf course will carry on. You know, when you're not around the golf team, walking the streets, nobody thinks about, well, your name is Leonard Smoot. No. Right. Oh, that's the golf coach of Miles College. Correct. Right? Correct. And guess what? You're being interviewed every day. You never know what opportunities or not what opportunities you may get or may not get. That's correct. But you got to be mindful of those kind of things. Those are standards that I set on this golf team day in and day out. Um, so, and then if we get to a championship and we reach championship and we reach our dreams and goals and become a champions, that's just an added bonus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we talk about positive mental attitude and setting expectations, which um, I think we all can agree will elevate the potential and capability of human beings. And so just leave you with PMA, positive mental attitude and setting expectations. The third phase of our conversation is a very important one. And I started out this episode talking a little bit about the past and being aware of the past, our our golf history, um, having a foot in the present, but also knowing that is a springboard to the future. And what we'll talk about right now is for our listeners, if you are not aware of the PGA Works Collegiate Championship, it was formerly known as the National Minority Golf Championship, which was the grouping of HBCUs and Hispanic serving institutions coming together to play for national title. Uh, A few years ago, it was retitled to the PGA Works Collegiate Championship. And it was never more important than this past May, June, when the tournament was hosted by Shoal Creek Golf Club in Metro Birmingham, Alabama. Coach and I have had, and really this may be the one thing that really brought us together um, by way of a mutual acquaintance. Um, For those of you that are not aware, in the 1990s, the early part of the decade, shortly before that press conference in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, when Tiger said, Hello, world. Shoal Creek 
and the PGA had a philosophical disagreement. And the disagreement was around race in the sport, or more specifically, Black members at private clubs. Shoal Creek, uh, the, the president of the club at the time, doubled down and effectively said, um, we have the right to do what we have always done. And we're going to continue to not allow Black members to be part of this club. Well, never, never, never a more momentous moment in our time today than the most recent tournament in Shoal Creek. And as I have learned, Coach Smoot had a hand in that. And so, Coach, want to talk about that with our audience just a little bit, um, a full circle moment. You know, we've discussed the history and and why this moment was so momentous. How did it happen, Coach? How did this happen at Shoal Creek? How did it happen? It, 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 it's amazing, right? Um, yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Obviously, the PGA works now. No, the, the formerly known, the, the, I say formerly known, was a PGA minority collegiate championship a few years ago. Then it turned into the PGA Works collegiate championship. And at that time, the PGA Works collegiate championship was taking place at Fort St. Lucie, Florida, year in and year. Um, through that process, over time, um, it changed, and we now currently have a um, a, a director who's a former coach and also uh, a former player, um, PGA member, who who now is working towards bringing uh, the PGA works back to its original concept of back in 1986, and now working to so now this tournament is traveling all across the country. Okay, right, right, and so. When I was asked about Shoal Creek, would that be a, a great place to have? I was like, of course, why not? Right. I knew what the history was. Right. Okay. right. And so I wasn't oblivious to knowing that Shoal Creek had history, right? Um, I, I actually sat down and talked to one of the um one of the members there. We had a conversation where I really wanted to try to bring in uh, a mini tour, then they were never doing mini tours. I, okay. So from that, but it's the, a black, our black tour, the PGA tour. Yeah. They kind of wanted them to come in and represent and show, showcase all our top black, black pros. Well, yeah, yeah. They, they were more interested in the HBCUs. Okay. Um, so from there, that conversation we had, they got, we, well, we didn't even know Miles High College had a golf program. We said, yeah, we have one. So they give us this opportunity to go out there and play and practice from time to time, which is great. Uh, and then later on, um, going back to the PGA, asked me the question, what did I think about? I said, yes, this would be a great opportunity. Shoal Creek was the one that kind of, ran with the ball. There's one of the members, I can't think of remember his name. He's a black member. Okay. Um, really, really, really pushed for that to come 
to Birmingham, Alabama, which I applaud him for. Right. Him for. Um, and some of the, even some of the younger uh, members there um, really wanted to become come to uh, to Shoal Creek. So when asked about it, I think there was some pushback from the black PGA members. Um, why Shoal Creek? Well, if I, I probably would say most uh, white country clubs probably had the same problem, even no matter, we did just don't talk about it. Right. Shoal Creek has had this big umbrella over the top of them because of this, the, 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 um, Tiger Woods effect. Right. Right. That's what I basically would say, why they really became this really known yep. about this, this uh, not allowing blacks to uh, be members of that particular country club. Right. Uh, I'm sure that's ha- that was the way of the way all across the country, right? Um, so that show creek took it and ran with it. I was asked about it, I said yes. I said, when will it not be the right time? I said, it's the perfect time to have our HBCUs, people of color, black student athletes, and others, brown, black and brown, to be yep. um, represented at a course that the history says that no, it says no, but that changed. Uh, and today, I believe that the, the members want several of the members that I've spoken to are very excited and was excited about having the HBC um, community on their property. Um, and it was just we had an amazing time. We had over a hundred kids, uh, underserved, underserved, underprivileged kids um, being taught by PGA um, section mm. members. Um, all black, all black kids. About a hundred black kids on that site being taught about mm. golf, which is amazing. Miles College uh, band came out. We had our, uh, we had several of the different uh, mascots on site. Okay, so it was a huge, huge deal, and that's changed. I mean, yeah. you don't. I'm a believer. You don't forget the past, right? I, I'm a big believer. You don't yep. forget the past, but you still got to move forward yep. at some point uh, into the future to hope, to hope, hopefully, make a a, a brighter future. You know, yeah, and I up. think, and, and 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 I think that is first and foremost. Congratulations for leading that or being a leader in that. And I think as much as this is about. Um, that moment in time, I think we also have to we have to recognize Shoal Creek because it seems evident that as time has moved forward, that they are less entrenched in that moment in time that occurred into the 90s. And so I want to make sure that we um, we recognize Shoal Creek, um, their membership today, um, their commitment to allowing a group of people players, coaches, mascots, family, and community members to walk that esteemed and established course in Birmingham, Alabama, when we know there was a point in time that that would not have even been possible. So um, kudos to everybody. Listeners, if you have not 
observe the PGA Works Collegiate Golf Championship. Please put that on your calendar for uh, May or June. I believe it's May 2024. If you have the opportunity to attend it, wherever it may be, please attend that and support it. Amazing golf. And also televised. It was te- for the first it was televised. time televised this year. Yes. Uh, was a that's that's monumental too because yes. in the past it's been televised, but it's been pre-recorded. This was actual live coverage. Yes. For the first time. And so, you know, in, in order to affect, to affect change, our kids got to see that. So they're seeing kids that look like them out of, um, competing at the, at the collegiate level, right? And uh, they might be inspired by, you know, some amazing kids, you know, and in, in, in Howard University, I'd like to give them kudos to Coach Sam per year, his team for an amazing job to, uh, to represent our HBCUs and then the extraordinary numbers that they put, that they put up that right. week. Right. So, you know, and that could be, and that's, that could be uh, at all of our HBCUs and just need, we need the support. But uh, I'm I guess I'm calling them out, but I'm not calling people like Stephen Curry. That's person. <laughs> we just need every other, we got other magnificent um, uh, individuals that, high level of their uh, that have a platform that plays the game of golf to kind of come out and support these other other programs and and elevate our programs and help us elevate to the next level so uh, that uh, I guess I'll throw that out there no I think that I think that's fair listen they the NBA is in free agency right now so there's some players that go get some big contracts in that's the next right. four weeks so so it's okay to do that to stuff. Uh, you know, Coach, the, uh, w- w- one more question. When you think about, when you think about that moment, and, and to your point, the fact that it was televised, could this be viewed as a catalyst moment for increasing diverse representation in golf? No doubt. No doubt. Um it's big, uh, big. I'm the I'm the current president. Uh, uh, we had a previous president that did, did a did a great job. Um, I'm the current president now of the Black College Golf Coaches Association, uh, and we have you know partnered with several different organizations to to do just what you're talking about um, to enhance opportunities within work the workforce of the PGA of America. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even uh, other industries uh, like Farmers Insurance, mm-hmm. um, which is one of our partners, and um, you know, particularly in golf, when you when you walk the grounds in January to the PG at the PGA show, you know, you you see us, but you don't see us in the work in the workforce. Mm-hmm. I think that to make it more look like what society looks like, uh, and. Uh, you know, we buy we buy some of the same products that everybody else buys. You know, and you're talking about you're talking about an eighty-four billion dollar, eighty-four to eighty-six billion dollar industry in the PGA of America. So, uh, so that's huge. You know, Correct. And Correct. I think there's I think there's plenty of space out there in the workforce for us to be a part of that. Yeah, no, I I would agree. I mean, I think that 
you know, in, in the line of work that I do, I always talk about um, if if you enter college in August of 2024 and your your class is ethnically diverse and you all graduate in, let's say, May of 2028, you've effectively gone through the same program for four years and you're graduating in May of 2028. No one person is more prepared than the others that were in the group. And so from my perspective, everybody should be given exposure and opportunity because they've readily prepared themselves for opportunity. And, and I think the PGA and golf in general um, hopefully is learning that through this this infusion of HBCUs diving into the sport right now and, and getting that recognition. Absolutely. Um, Coach, one of the things that I do as we conclude um, each episode is I ask the guest, how can the T to Green Golf Podcast community support you, support Miles College, and anything else that you may be passionate about um, in this sector of the golf space, how can we do that going forward in support of you being on uh, on the podcast today? Well, we always, you know, our sponsors, you know, I'm all about scholarships. I, I'm big on kids getting out of college debt-free or at least close to debt-free. Um, that's a, one of my major major goals as well is to find a way to how to get these young men and women out of out of their colleges um, without having a burden of thinking about financial debt. Right. You know, that's one big thing. I think scholarship opportunities in terms of Miles College, you know, we always we always can use scholarships here at Miles College. You know, yeah. um, and you know, and just for kids that's looking for opportunity or want to want an opportunity to play golf, um, you know, it's an opportunity here at Miles. But if it's not here at Miles, I'm always open to have, helping other colleges. Like I tell the coaches, look, you, I'm going to compete. I don't mind giving you kids, sending you kids. I'm going to be competitive regardless. <laughs> right. right. But if I can help another college that's struggling, I'm going to do that. And um, that's, you know, because if we have our programs that dissolve and, and colleges get rid of them, then what's the purpose? Right. You know, I want to see more of our HBCU have college golf programs. I don't want to see mm-hmm. those programs starting around, um, you know, falling because, you know, whether they don't have financial support or, um, the fact that they may may or may not be able to recruit or recruit to the level that you know I've learned to recruit, you know, um, and um, so that's the you know I'm a, and I guess I might be a little bit different. I, and I won't say I might be a little bit different. I'll say it because I know a number of coaches that do the same thing that I that I would do. They'll send kids to other coaches, so I don't want to say that it's just me because I know right. several. Um, But, you know, whatever we can do uh, to help our community 
uh, get their kids involved in the game of ball, um, find ways to get them to colleges. That's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for as a coach. That that's what we're here for as the Black College Golf Coaches Association as well. Um, is to find better better ways to get our kids recognized and and uh, and get them to places that they uh, that they would like to be. Coach, does, does anything you can do with is is a, is a help. Does Miles College have a social media site for the university or the golf program, or is it a social media site through the university? Uh, we have a media. You can go to, I think it's the, we have a, ooh, I don't even know our hash line, but I know the golf team does because I let them, the, the golf team does have it, but I don't. Uh, I don't okay. Know. You can just follow us. Go to Golden Bear, the Golden Bear Foundation, Miles College Golden Bear Foundation, or go to www. You can go to milescollege.edu. Yeah. Or you, can, you know, for the for the Black College Golf Coaches Association, it's um, www.hbcugolf.org. Um, um, that's our site, and we'll kind of and shoot us an email things that you need as it pertains to trying to get opportunities for the kids. Yeah, that's perfect. So for the, uh, for the community coach just gave us uh, a few places to, to, uh, to research and connect not only with miles college, but with the black college coaches, golfers association of which he is a president. And one point of clarity for uh, for this particular episode, I know as we were talking throughout the episode, initially I gave Coach uh, thanks, as we often do, for his service in military. And there may have been moments in the episode where it was suggested or intimated that I was a member of the Marines myself. I want to make sure it's clear that I did not serve in the Marines or the military, but I do tip my hat to those that do serve. So just a point of clarity, not only for coach, uh, but for those of you who also served in the military, um, I do hold you high and certainly don't want to compromise uh, the integrity of the work that you've done or the integrity of the work that I'm trying to do. So just wanted to share that with you. Um, coach, phenomenal time this afternoon. Uh, I know that we will be together next month. I want to thank you for taking time today um, and spending that with the Tita Green Golf community. Um, we will continue to follow you. I will continue to follow you and champion the work that you're doing, championing your presidency amongst your peer coaches, uh, champion Miles College. You are always welcome at any point in time to come back on this podcast to give us an update, um, whether that's you, whether that's your 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 players, um, you have an open door to this podcast, and uh, and so we thank you for your time today. Thank you, thank you. It's, it's a pleasure. Well, if you did, if you wasn't a Marine, then you you still carry yourself like one. So, thank you, Coach. <laughs> thank you, yeah, thank you. You, 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 you. you did. You would did well in in, in the military. Thank you, thank you. So uh, yeah, so it's, it's definitely a pleasure. It was a pleasure, definitely a pleasure to get an opportunity. The many times that we've spoken over the phone, right, and have right. in those conversations, two two men to get on the phone that didn't know each other and get and get have great dialogue and, and felt comfortable having those kind of conversations. It's, I think it's huge, and I think it's huge for 
for all of us as black men um, to be able to have open dialogue and, and continue to lift each other up. I mean, we're every, everybody's on a different tier. We're not all in the same on the same level. My my major belief is and is to always continue to push us up, not push us down. Um, and you know that's a big belief of mine. So um, that's how, how I live my life. I try to live my life um, that way every day. Um, parents grew up in the South. I grew up in Flint, Michigan. Right, but, right. But sent you to the South. So right. <laughs> so um, so you know. It, it, I look forward to being on again. Uh, Thank you. To kind of sharing this also with my other counterparts, my other coaches, uh, board members, um, yeah. our student athletes, and uh, uh, we look forward to being back on at some point. Well, thank you. And listen, to the Tita Green Golf community, we thank you. As I always say, hit it straight from Tita Green. Production support for the Tita Green Golf Podcast comes from Canon Studios of Holly Springs, Georgia, and Dominic Fiore of the Digital Arts Recording Department at the University of St. Francis. We are out.